everybody's excited about LeBron James coming because he rides bikes and he's like the biggest celebrity that we could think of to ride bikes. Well, I mean, he might have also had the greatest cycling commercial ever made. There's this 90-second piece he did while he was in Miami where it was hundreds of people riding with him. I will continue. And it just, like, inspired you to, like, how much we could use our streets and people just interacting with each other. Like, that could be Los Angeles. Don't let the fact that people get hurt on bikes scare you any more than, you know, driving a car. Just being around cars, in a car, sharing the road with cars, it's just dangerous. And the reason that you have insurance is everything you do has some risk. What can I do to protect myself? You know, we were born out of Midnight Riders, and the Midnight Riders manifesto states, everybody's included, and we take that very seriously as Wolfpack Hustle. So we figured out a way to have that finale race that tells you this is the champion. You know, there isn't like... The winner of the A category, the winner of the B category, the winner of the C category. I want the winner of the event. We've done that with this format, so I'm pretty proud of it. Zachary Rainu, LACBC, Sigla Valley. Hello, how are you? Happy Friday. I love Fridays. I'm super excited. I think I mentioned I'm going to the bowl tonight. Who are you seeing again? It is Kenny Loggins, Michael McDonald, and Christopher Cross. What and, is Kenny Loggins' song? Uh, well, the best one is uh, Danger Zone right. from... Uh, Which is interesting because you took the highway to Danger Zone when you went to the Chatsworth on that ride <laughs> to the Nike Missile uh, base formerly. Yeah, we did we did drive out there just in the interest of time. But and it's funny, that's how big the valley is. I mean there's two million people. Um this could be a city in itself. Yeah, no, I'm excited to go to the bowl and the best thing about the bowl is it's an example for the rest of Los Angeles. The worst thing you could do about going to the bowl is driving there. Uh, mm-hmm. parking is super impacted. Um they don't even let cars get out until all the buses have gone out. Oh, it's so, terrible. Every so, time I've done that, I've said, why did I not listen to myself from last time? Yeah, and it just kind of shows you if you – and they've it's great going by bus. I mean, that's what we've done is that the buses are just so well-timed. It's like Swiss engineering. You know, you get down there. They put you on your bus. They send you out. You know, for us, we're back to where we started like within 10 minutes. So it just it's run so well and even if you take the subway to Hollywood and Highland and then make it up that way that's still way better than driving. Yeah. And the metro's right there. Yeah. What bus is that a special bus? They do have a bus also from Hollywood and Highland but I think walking is faster but there's like probably about like 20 different uh, buses like throughout the city we'll, we'll take the bus in a second out of the universal oh, city station but they've got one at the zoo they've just they've got them all over the place and i think it costs five bucks to get on but uh anyone can jump on on the way back so let me talk to you about the the key reason that i was interested in having somebody from lacbc come tonight is because of lebron james why'd yeah you, why'd you make that sound no i'm i'm just overwhelmed because you know everybody's excited about lebron james coming because he rides bikes and he's like the biggest celebrity that we could think of to ride bikes well i mean he might have also had the greatest cycling commercial ever made there's this 90 second piece he did while he was in miami where it was 
just hundreds of people riding with him. I will continue. And it was like a whole day type of thing where they met him at his house. And it just like inspired yeah. you to like how much we could use our streets and people just interacting with each other. Like that could be Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I'm sure he doesn't commute on bikes, but it, I think it's a big part. And I think he also understands the social side to it, too. Cool, guys. There was an article in the LA Times, right? Mm-hmm. About if LeBron James commuted to work from his house in Brentwood, it would be really bad. They, they What did they do? Yeah, they... They tried out a route. Our education director, Colin Bogart, gave a couple suggestions, but I think they kind of stuck to the Google Maps since most people probably don't have access to Colin themselves all the time. I'm very fortunate. They don't have access to Colin? Well, I guess he, he's very accessible, but like planning out like routes for everything, um, that would probably overwhelm him. Right. Um, but I think they kind of just stuck to what Google had told them, which probably most people go by. I've ridden that way before, and there's some good parts and some bad parts, and I think it pretty much just sums up LA as a whole and trying to get across is that there's nice parts of infrastructure, and then there's like clinging on to to your handlebars for the best. If anybody's going to be able to hang out with LeBron James and ride a bike with him, it's going to be you and one of three or four other people at LACBC, right? Yeah, probably. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we're just destined to meet. It has um, to be. It has to happen. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've got like some really great accolades in um, intramural basketball. That <laughs> I'm sure has made, made its way to him. So, are you being sarcastic about, <laughs> about this happening? I was a great six man on intramural basketball, and we won the championship. So, um, you know, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I just feel like him and I, like our lives are very parallel. <laughs> I think it's going to, I thought it was going to happen. Now you're making me, uh, I don't, I don't know anymore. Okay. Well, that was, that was what I wanted to talk to you about. Well, I mean, I think the other thing is, you know, part of like getting people on bikes is getting them excited. You know, I think that like, it takes a few touches for people to ride. Like nobody like snaps a finger, gets out of bed and it's like, I'm a cyclist. Um, you know, seeing stories like this, like a Ciclavia, you know, people start to understand and when they, see other people do it when their friends start to do it they're like well you know it's anyone if these people can do it i can do it so i think like that will like he'll be a a gateway to getting people to try and do this and understand just how easy it is to get around even getting outside and just the physical nature of it and uh but you know i think also because he just has such a impact socially that like I, i think that he'll take that angle too here in LA where especially that's very important right now. He's not going to be able to commute from Brentwood. Uh, he'll need a little help, you know, like I, he's going to need those kids from the video. <laughs> yes. Yes. He'll, he'll need a, 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 a large group. And, you know, for me, like I'm comfortable enough at, like at that hour, Wilshire for the most part is a bus lane for the rapid bus. So, except for Beverly Hills, like for the most part, like I would take Wilshire and even the Beverly Hills part. There's, if you don't feel comfortable riding on the road, there's the, a huge sidewalk on one side to get across. And so from your perspective, mm-hmm. you think you can ride anywhere? No, I mean, there's parts that, that I'm definitely pick and choose depending, especially like what type of bike I'm riding. Um, 
but it like I wouldn't feel I think probably yeah, a good portion of people wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. Um yeah and that's that's the point. Like you know, we need to make it accessible for for everybody, not just for, you know, super hardcore nut cases like me. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean the infrastructure is just so piecemeal that you could go on side streets, but, um, you know, the side streets, there's a lot of stop signs. So you're basically almost at walking speeds trying to cut through Beverly Hills. And, um, you know, even yesterday I was coming from, uh, Wilshire and Highland to, to, into downtown. And I took, I took, uh, Wilshire most of the way, but parts of it, um, is actually the street condition. Uh, when you get to the Koreatown section, it's just, it's got so many potholes. The asphalt is, um, been warped and that's like a super dangerous hazard, which, um, mm-hmm. you know, the subway is pretty much already there. Um, so I don't know if this is all part of a big master plan. They'll pave it over afterwards, but, uh, yeah, we can definitely use some better street conditions there too. What do you guys do in LACBC that we can look forward to? I mean, just what are you doing? Do people know? We have another Sunday Funday coming up that's going to be in South LA. And I think that, you know, our Sunday Fundays are like mini tours of different parts of the county. It's the first Sunday of every month. This one's going to be like a little bit different because we've got some great sites to see, including uh, the Price Campus, which used to be the original Pepperdine. There's Fremont High School in the area that is one of the oldest high schools in Los Angeles. But, you know, we're also highlighting some of our Vision Zero work um, in the area as well. Frederick Frazier, who was killed in a hit and run in April, you know, some of the people, the Chief Lunez group is going to come and join part of the ride. And I think, like, we're also going to try and teach people to understand how important it is for people to have good bike infrastructure and like some of the lacking parts that are in South LA. Right, right. Do you know Joshua Cohen? Yes. I think he's on the line. Joshua? <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Josh. Hey, what's happening? <laughs> Hi, I'm Zachary Reining. Nice to meet you. Zach, long time no here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you guys know each other? From everywhere? I guess so. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I Just, I mean, you know, Josh is a, you know, a great bike advocate. Mm-hmm. And uh, we actually had lunch yesterday, and if I can mention that, <laughs> well, um, that that's kind of breaking down the fourth wall or whatever. Yeah. Um, Wait, but is that the fourth wall? No, that's different. Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I think like Josh is super knowledgeable about bike laws, and it's just a very comfortable person to talk to, just because there's just so many issues that people just don't understand the laws, and he just puts it in really easy language people understand plus is super good to communicate with as well wow now do you now you say something nice about about <laughs> zachary Josh. well first of all zachary's just saying that because i don't too, i don't know too many big words so <laughs> that probably helps um something so nice about zachary 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 is everywhere all at once man he's the real deal he's into it <laughs> the real you know and and that's what that's one of the big challenges that we face as a city i think is just being able to mobilize advocates advocates and make sure that 
we can make appearances when when necessary. And Zach is there. He shows up, and you know he's a dad. And I know how hard that is. Yeah. You know, any time away from your kid is torture. And uh, you know he he makes the sacrifices. And he's a dad of a girl like you, right? He is. He's a dad. Actually, our girls have played together, and it's very sweet. Yeah. Same age. And and his wife makes good lasagna, by the way. <laughs> so, what'd you talk about? Are you guys strategizing, or do you have a uh, plan? Well, do I, we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, I I think that you know, I think a lot of us are super concerned about you know the state of affairs of cycling in Los Angeles in the past year. Um, you know, we were making great strides before. But, you know, we've had some things make, make a little bit of an impact in the last year. And, you know, the good news is, like, this recall Bonin campaign it just announced that they're fizzling out. But, yeah, I think that, you know, we both kind of share the desire and the, and the need right now to start to capitalize and get momentum back towards adding good bike infrastructure. And you would agree with that, Josh? Yeah, That's absolutely. Your... I mean, my sense generally is that there are a lot of parallels between a sense of progress under previous federal administration and a sense of regression now. And uh, it feels a lot like that in a way. Like we kind of took, um, I don't know if we took two steps forward and one step back or one step forward and two steps back, but there's been, you know, a backlash against, diversity of transit or means of commuting in the same way that there was kind of a backlash against, you know, multiculturalism in our country. It feels similar to me, and I think that we have to find a way to start with the low-hanging fruit. You know, my main issue really is just getting protected bike infrastructure that just enables people to feel safe and protects people. And beyond that, to get it where we can get it, but start with what exists and where it makes sense geographically and expand mm -hmm. i have to wrap up right now because mississippi valley is actually just got off the subway here at the universal station i i just want to add like yeah i know like we've there's been i agree with josh we've had some ups and downs and right now it seems like maybe we've we've had a lot more downs recently the, the encouraging thing for me the thing that gets me going is we know that adding more la car lanes these other tricks they just they just don't work um, we've widened the 405 and that's made things worse. We've had apps like Waze and those don't help either. At some point, I know it's probably going to come back to, you know, people are going to realize, why doesn't this stuff work? I know some people were starting to pick up on that. It'll naturally happen, but I think the desire is to make it happen a little bit more on our own rather than just completely organically. And that's kind of like the task that I think like people like Josh and, you know, some of our other big bike advocates here in, in the city are, are pretty eager for. Anyways, I have to wrap up, but I'd like to thank Nick for having me on and I hope you continue. Thanks, Zach. I'm sure you'll see me again soon. Cool. All right. Thanks take care. Thanks for coming in. All right. See you later, Josh. Enjoy the show. See you, Zach. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. So, Joshua, you wanted to talk to us about uh, insurance, right? You had a specific topic you wanted to call about. Yes, sir. You know, first of all, I'm I am I'm a bicycle attorney, but you know what that means in in kind of layman terms is I'm I'm a personal injury attorney, and 
you know, I've, I've given a few presentations on this and talked to a number of groups about this and, and one-on-one to people, and it's a real issue. And, and you know, the, the bottom line is uh, the advice I'm about to give doesn't just apply to bicyclists. It applies to anyone, whoever is anywhere near a car, whether they're in a car or near a car, any car. And I think we can all agree that stuff happens with cars, and one of those things is that people get hurt. And when you get hurt by a car, the way that an attorney gets you money is through insurance. Um, very, very few people have a whole lot of cash just laying around to pay for someone's medical bills, their lost wages, their pain and suffering. Um, I, I don't know how many, but almost nobody. Generally, when a personal injury attorney obtains a recovery for somebody, when they get money for someone who is hurt, that money comes from the insurance of the person who's driving the car. And that's called liability insurance. The reason it's called liability insurance is because the basis for the claim is that the person in the car did something wrong, and then that caused the person making the claim an injury. And the result of that injury is that that person had to get medical treatment, and that cost money, and they had they may have lost wages, and that cost money. They may have experienced pain and suffering, and that's compensable with money. And all that money comes from the insurance of the person who was driving the car. So some of our listeners may remember there was a, uh, an article a couple of years back in the LA Weekly that noted that LA has 20,000 hit and runs on the average per year. So here's a question. 20,000? 20, 20, how much? 20,000. 20,000 hit and runs. Hit and runs? LA County. Wow. Yes. So are all of those crashes car on bike? No. But there are a significant number of hit and runs uh, with where there's a car on a bike. A car hits a bicyclist and takes off. And, you know, more often than not, the bicyclist is hurt. And I get these calls probably once every couple of weeks where someone calls me and says, hey, I was riding my bike and some guy hit me and took off. And the first question I have is, where did it happen? So we can look at the intersection and see if there are any video cameras. Um, did you get a plate? Did you see the driver? And you know, sometimes, yes. I've gotten license plates from video cameras. I've gotten license plates from GoPro uh, or whatever your, your camera is. If the resolution is good enough. Um, but more often than not, there's, there's no other person to go after for that money. And, you know, this is totally different than a criminal claim, because I know, you know, Damien Kevitt was involved in a criminal um, investigation where, you know, he was hit and he was so severely hurt and this guy, you know. There, there are two claims when somebody is in a hit and run. There's a criminal claim where the, the government gets involved and they charge this person with a crime if they can find them and they prosecute them. The DA gets involved and maybe they go to jail. But that doesn't make the injured person whole. That doesn't pay for their medical bills. Yeah. So you still have a civil claim, and that's where the insurance comes in. So in a hit and run, when there's no one to go after for insurance, where do you go for insurance? 
And the same applies, by the way, whether you're on a bike, whether you're on foot, whether you're in a car. The insurance is your uninsured motorist coverage. And it doubles as underinsured motorist coverage if you are hit by someone who does stop and they have too little insurance to cover your damages. Hmm. So do you have to have a car to have uninsured motorist coverage? No. You can buy a non-operator's policy. And as long as you're paying for as much liability insurance as you get in UM, you can get a significant amount of an uninsured motorist that is just UM. You can get a significant amount of uninsured motorist coverage. And how much is that, like, on your on your policy? Uh, well, you can get, I think, Progressive sells a non-operator's policy for 100000 uh, up to 100000 State Farm, I think you can get up to 250 And I know AAA sells one for up to 500000 And I know that because I actually had a client who lived a car-free life, and she was rear-ended on Wilshire, almost right in front of my, my office. And uh, the person that hit her only had 15000 in coverage. So the, the minimum state requirement is 15000 in liability insurance. And most people driving who do have insurance have 15000 hmm. A lot of people out there driving don't have any insurance at all. It's something you don't want to think about. You know, you don't want to think about needing more than $15,000 to pay for your, your hospital bills, you know, because you get hit so bad. But, I mean, I guess that's totally in the realm of very real possibility. We don't want to think about it. You know what I mean? Nobody wants to consider that something bad can happen until it does. And I've, I've had more than one conversation with friends in the bike community in the last year where literally I approached them and I said, Hey, tell me something. How much uninsured motorist coverage do you have? And they said, I'm fine. I'm good. I've got some. I've got it. I said, how much? I don't know, but I've got it. Um, one friend of mine was, was hit on Overland coming off the Expo line bike path, broke his neck, oh. called me from the hospital. Actually, another guy at the bike shop he works at called me, called me, said he's in the hospital, go, go visit him. And, you know, we didn't talk about insurance at that point. It was like, okay, who's this other guy? Um, and the other guy had 15000 in coverage. Yeah. So, and that, that's yeah. like the legal minimum, I'm assuming, right? If that is the state minimum, yeah. So 15000 in coverage. I'll tell you what 15000 in coverage pays for. A dislocated pinky finger, <laughs> a sprained back with a little bit of physical therapy and an MRI. Really? I mean, in terms of whether you can get it, it's not a hard policy limit to pop. They say, like, yeah. you know, properly worked up case where the, 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 the patient goes to the doctor and they, you know, go to the ortho, they go to physical therapy, they get an MRI, da 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 15000 what, what kind of accidents are you seeing? Because you specialize mainly in, in, in bike Bike and pedestrian. Uh-huh. Yeah. But these are, you know, I mean, you could see these in car accidents, too. You know, people people get killed in cars. People get horrifically maimed and paralyzed in cars. It's not like, you know, don't don't let don't let the fact that people getting hurt on bikes uh, or that people get hurt on bikes scare you any more than, you know, driving a car. Just being around cars, in a car, sharing the road with cars, it's just, you know, cars are just dangerous. So, 
Yeah, they're like it's like a bunch of loaded guns on wheels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, we don't even we'd be preaching the choir here if we went on about that. But but the bottom line is that nobody should be out there with less than five hundred thousand dollars in uninsured motorist coverage. Five hundred thousand, you're saying minimum, yeah. right? Yeah, and that sounds like a lot of money, but it's important to understand. What a what a personal injury claim is. What is a personal injury claim? When you see these commercials on TV, so and so got me, you know, a million dollars or whatever. Um, personal injury claim has kind of three components, right? It's got the liability, who's who's at fault, who caused the accident. You know, if you caused the accident, then it's much harder. It's not impossible, but it's harder. Make the point. Um, did the accident cause the injuries that you're claiming? And what are your injuries? What are your damages? And damages can, you know, all of these cases are about damages. They're about how hurt were you. And they're not just about how hurt your body was, but how disruptive to your life was this event. And what does it mean for the rest of your life? So when you hear about, you know, these huge verdicts and these huge settlements, they're not just about what happened in the past. The big money in a lot of these cases is about someone's really, their, their future medical costs, their future life care costs, and their ability to earn a living and the cost of that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you've got someone who's got a brain injury and they might only have Fifty to a hundred thousand dollars in um, medical bills, but if that person's making a lot of money per year, you know, three hundred thousand or something, and suddenly they can't work for the rest of their life, you've got a multi-million-dollar case, mm-hmm. and you know that happens. It happens in cars too. Yeah, people just get hurt out on the roads. And, and, you know, nobody who gets hurt ever thinks they're going to get hurt. We all think we're going to be fine, but if you've got, you know, if these, these settlements, they take care of the costs of taking care of you. Somebody, you know, if you need someone actually, like, that's not a medical bill, you might say, I've got health insurance, I'm fine. But if someone needs to take care of you, feed you, groom you, bathe you, clean you, for the rest of your life, you know that's an expensive cost. Well, five hundred thousand it won't cover that either for the rest of your life. No, it won't. It won't. But you know, I mean, that's the biggest non-operators policy I've found so far. So this whole like non-operators discussion is only addressed to people who don't own cars. If you own a car, you can get at least a million dollars in coverage. Right. I had a guy who was walking his dog at midnight on the Fourth of July five or six years ago in West Hollywood and a stolen Tesla, I swear to God, you can Google this, stolen Tesla comes roaring up La Brea at Fountain at 120 miles an hour, crashes Damn. into a light pole, breaks in half, front half of the car flies into a car oh somewhere God. else, explodes, back half of the car flies through the air hits my guy, and then lodges four feet up in the doorway of a synagogue. They complain about e-bikes. Right? And the driver of the Tesla died. My guy actually wasn't that hurt, but he did get hit. 
and the Tesla's insurance, the liability insurance on the Tesla would not apply because the owner of the car didn't consent to it being driven or stolen. My guy had uninsured motorist coverage. Oh. And And his uninsured motorist coverage paid for his medical bills. And some pain and suffering. He wasn't that badly hurt, but I got him a settlement. From his own insurance company. Yeah, he didn't even know what to do. He was like, what do I do? What do I do? I think he's in the rare minority, right? To have an insured motorist. No, a lot of people have UN. Oh. Not enough. But everybody should have UN. Okay. Everybody listening to this recording right now should, if they don't have a car and they don't have a non-operator's policy, they should start researching a non-operator's policies. Look at Progressive, look at State Farm, look at AAA. There's probably others. I'm sure Allstate, I'm sure Farmers, I'm sure, you know, I mean, all these companies offer, they're just, they're not policies you know about because, you know, who thinks about that? This is not just if you mainly ride a bike, it's also if you mainly ride a car. You're supposed to also have uninsured motorists? You're required to have insurance if you own a car. You're required to have liability insurance. Yeah. So if if you're buying your liability insurance, one of the questions I'll ask you is, um, do you want uninsured motorist coverage? They're required to. And a lot of people think that that's an upsell. They think they're trying to you know upsell you to a, to a fancier policy right. and get you to pay more money. Um, it's not. It's indispensable especially in L.A. Um, yeah. Declining it just means that if you're hit by somebody with no insurance, then there's no money to pay for your injuries. Right. So, L.A. is, you know, L.A., do you know the statistics on L.A., you know, the danger of L.A. relative to other cities? Is it, I heard it was number one most dangerous city. I know it's number one spikes. For, for bikes, it's the number one. Most dangerous city. Yeah, and pedestrians. It's worse than, and for pedestrians, it's worse than New York, which is crazy because New York's got way more pedestrians and way right. more people. Yeah, I mean, New York is full of pedestrians and L.A. is f- empty of pedestrians. Yeah. Hey, wh- this was pretty depressing, so uh, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm not saying be depressed. You know what I mean? It's not... Look, you know, most of us will go through life and be just fine. And the reason that you have insurance is in the the off chance that you're not. So, you know, you, you, can, you can live your life in a bubble or you can, you can anticipate that everything you do has some risk there's just risk to being alive. I mean, you could slip and fall and drown in the bathtub. I literally knew a guy who did that in high school, a friend of mine who drowned in the bathtub in two inches of water. You know what I mean? Hmm. Life is fragile, and that doesn't mean you should you should be depressed about it, but it just means, okay, so, you know, what can I do to protect myself? Yeah. Because medical bills can be very... Uh, debilitating, not just being injured, but the cost of being, you know, being taken care of. 
yeah it, I, the it's so expensive anything medical that you know and it's, it's like then what what up there it's up there in the like the number something cause of bankruptcy right number one yeah yeah i don't know exactly where but i know that it's it's very expensive to be injured it can be a terrible burden on your family and being able to plan against that you know there are other kinds of insurance you can get too there's long-term care insurance, which protects you if, uh, you know, that pays for someone to actually take care of you if you are if you don't have a caretaker or you, you have a family member who, you know, would otherwise have to leave work. Long-term care insurance pays for a caretaker. Um, obviously, medical insurance pays for your medical bills, but uh, disability insurance pays for lost wages. It doesn't totally compensate your lost wages but it's you know it's something so i just want to point out that you're out there you're not just dealing with with the aftermath of these unfortunate events you're out there trying to prevent them well i'm trying to prevent them by you know advocating for safer streets for one thing that's what i'm talking about for sure i mean i have a kid i ride a bike i commute by bike i don't want to get hit i don't want my kid to get hit I think it, it's it's nonsense when, you know, I live near an elementary school and I see these carloads of people, not carloads of people, I see cars lined up. With, with single, you know, single people. A single parent and a kid, and I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I'm zipping past everybody right. on my way to work as I pass everyone dropping their kids off at school, and I'm just like, God, you know, wouldn't you just love if your kid could ride their bike to school or if you felt safe? them walking to school, wouldn't that just be fabulous? Like, why do you want to live like this? I live near the bike path. I need to live near the L.A. River bike path and Griffith Park and downtown and Sunset Boulevard. And It's like there's all these opportunities to ride bikes, and you know, I see people driving to Griffith Park and unloading their bike, and I'm just like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Good things are coming, and thank you for calling. I think we're going to have Don Ward on next, talking about the race he's promoting. Hey, Don. So, Josh, call in again, okay? All right. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Bye. Take care. Don't call it a bicycle. Don't call it a bicycle. How you doing, Don? I'm good. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. We're live on the internet? Yeah, as live as you can be. <laughs> Man, that is a very informative piece with Josh. That's that's um, yeah, right? very sobering and informative, too. But um, I, I, I keep second-guessing myself, thinking... I, I, I spent a lot of time with Geico um, working out whether I was actually insured if... I get hit while riding my bike, and they said that I am because I paid for the uh, uninsured motorist coverage and and all that stuff, so I hope I am. My fingers crossed, but that was a few years ago, so, you know, I don't know how this stuff works. But you know, I think, I think you're supposed to really be up on that stuff and... and and check in with them and talk to them because a lot i mean i don't know geico are they good 
Yeah, I think so. I, I, you know, I, I called around. I, I talked to a few different insurance companies. I don't want to put my money into uh, AAA because they are the uh, motorist lobby. Exactly. But um, so money is getting funneled into the motorist lobby no matter what. But um, like they actually lobby for. Yeah, they they're for what? they're a five hundred one c four organization and. They're tied in with the CHP, and they have a lot of power with the uh, the state of California. So I just try to stay away from them. But I, uh, as far as uh, you know, like tow coverage, I got Better World Club, which offers specifically they offer a bicycle uh, plan. So that um, that made me feel better about you know going with them. So I, I put my money into the Better World Club. And uh, as far as Geico goes, I don't know. I got. I, I should call them tomorrow or something and and find out because I've been riding my bike a lot lately. Actually, that's a total lie. I haven't been riding my bike much lately. But um, <laughs> you haven't been riding your bike much lately? No, man. I've been <laughs> I've been uh, out in the valley with Sickle Valley. I'm out here, and um, the valley is just not everything's so spread out. It's, it's hard sometimes to ride, so that's that's what's going on out here. Speaking of the valley, though, yeah, I am throwing a race series uh, at the Encino Velodrome, and we're coming up on race number three. We actually had to uh, postpone our race. Uh, originally, it was July seventh, but it's going to be July twenty first. We had a heat wave come and and uh, torture us out here in the valley it was like 115 degrees so we had to uh, postpone that race we don't want the racers getting injured but we've got a pretty good series going on the encino Bellagone board is they run a great show so um come out on july 21st that's what i'm calling to uh let everyone know july 21st and we hope to see you there we actually have uh our sponsor is also a bike lawyer his name's tom Forsyth. we have free burgers and hot dogs at the Forsyth Grill. And uh, for anybody, spectators and racers alike, and uh, whatever else you want to grill, come and bring something to grill. Our man, David Ruiz, is the chef. And uh, we do have a red cup policy there with free red cups and uh, things that you put in the red cups that we will not mention. Can I guess what's in the red cup? No, don't guess. We'll just leave it up for... uh, We'll leave it up for everyone to uh, ponder. But uh, if you come out, come come to the Wolfpack Trailer One, and and uh, we'll hook you up with uh, with grilled goods and red cups. And uh, the racing starts at about five ish, and the finale is around eight o'clock. Cool. And so the twenty first is a I'm guessing a Saturday. It is a Saturday. So it's in the Encino Velodrome. Yeah, in the Encino Velodrome. In Velodrome racing is uh actually pretty exciting i'm 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 really happy with the format that we put together um for those that that are into bike racing you know one thing that you know as, as wolfpack hustle when when i started doing races when i started promoting and, and producing races the one thing that i was kind of frustrated with as a spectator is that you know it's it's a long day of racing and there's many different uh, categories of racers. And for me, I just always wanted to throw races that had 
the definitive, you know, this is your champion, man, champion, woman. Um, we don't, we don't have categories. We want everybody racing on equal footing, age, um, even skill level. So, you know, there's, we've, we've definitely worked to make that happen. And, and this format that we've got for the Infino Velodrome actually does that in a safe way. That's one of the, one of the, uh, issues is, and why they, they have different skill levels is because of, of safety. And, uh, we figured out a way to do it safely and, um, to still have that finale race that tells you this is the champion. You know, there isn't like the winner of the A category, the winner of the B category, the winner of the C category. I want the winner of the event. And, and we, we've done that with this, with this format. So I'm pretty proud of it. Sounds cool. I've never been to the velodrome. It's in the, uh, Balboa Park area. It's, it's where, uh, Lake Balboa is out by uh, Victory and kind of close to the 405. So it's easy to get to. And it's also very easy to get to by bike because the Orange Line bike path takes you there from North Hollywood. Um, let's say you take the red line out from L.A., get off at uh, North Hollywood stop. You can you can hop on the Orange Line bike path pretty much from there and get to the Encino Velodrome. It's actually a very... Nice ride. You can pretend like you're riding in the Netherlands because the bike path is very pleasant and there's trees and not too many uh, like big boulevards to cross and so forth. This is the Chandler Path? It starts out as the Chandler Path from North Hollywood Station. And I think about two miles in, it becomes the uh, Orange Line Bike Path, which is a segregated uh, two-way bike path that's bikes only. Um, pretty much all the way to... The uh, Encino Velodrome takes you right into the park, around the lake, and to the Velodrome. So it's kind of nice. We're gonna one of these days. We're gonna organize a ride that goes from the Red Line. I think for fin- the finale race will do that um, and have everybody come out from LA. So there's a feeder ride to your race. Yeah, it starts at the North Hollywood Station, gets you out to the Encino Velodrome by about four ish, five ish. So it's a full kind of experience. It's almost like being in in Wolfpack uh, Hustle. Yeah. Okay, so that's the thing about Wolfpack Hustle. You know, we were born out of Midnight Riders, and the Midnight Riders uh, manifesto states everybody's included, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of bike you ride, no matter where you're from. And we take that very seriously as Wolfpack Hustle. So, you know, our Monday night rides, we would have everybody show up on anything, no judgment, you know, there'd be weight weenies on $10,000 bikes and there'd be, you know, fixie kids from Pico Union on Frankenstein fixies and everybody, everybody is treated equally. Everybody's part of this ride. Everybody has to take care of this ride. So in that sense, I do want to give you that experience, um, on July 21st. (laughs) So, the feeder ride will have that same spirit, although we're not going to be going fast. We'll just be cruising. Cool, man. Well, I'll try to make it. I don't have a lot of time these days, if I can. And uh, anybody who's listening, Don Ward. And this is online somewhere, the, the flyer? Yeah, you can go to uh, the Wolfpack Hustle Facebook page, facebook.com mm-hmm. slash Wolfpack Hustle, and you'll see the event there. The, the race is called the Forsyth Cup. Sponsored by Thomas Forsyth, bicycle attorney. And uh, Okay, cool. 
like I said, we'll have the Forsyth Grill. We're going to have uh, Kieran Menzies, the, uh, one of the founders of Crank Mob, will be doing the MC work, and as well as the governing board of the Encino Velodrome. They're like some old-school track racers that are pure passion and pure dedication, and they've been taking care of the Velodrome for a very long time. They're doing a great job, and they run a really tight ship there. So it makes it fun. It makes it audience-friendly. And uh, I just really mm-hmm. hope people take advantage of that, come out, have some fun. Okay, thanks, Don, for calling in. Thanks for having me, man. Take care, Nick. All right, thanks. And uh, I know, hey, I wanted to ask you a question, man. Yeah. Are you going to get a uh, a bucket bike when when the little one shows <laughs> up in your life? What's yes, gonna, what's happening, absolutely. Man? Yeah, I'm going to get the classic dad cargo bike. Yeah, have you talked to uh, Terrence, bike dad? He does all that kind of stuff. Uh, I guess they call it a Buxiet or something like that. It's like a Dutch a bu- uh, cargo bike. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll, maybe I'll just get... You know what? Whatever is rated the safest, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> okay, right on. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.